Welcome back to another episode of the Born Again Again podcast. Today's episode is an interview with a death doula named Caroline Ingram Lee. And this is a conversation that I'm super excited to share with you all. Like many of you have experienced, coming to terms with death is a major part of leaving the faith. And it's not easy. From feeling like you're losing your place in heaven to a crippling fear of the unknown or the debilitating threat of hell, all of it tends to induce anxiety in us ex-Christians. And I'm speaking from experience here. Speaking with Caroline today was totally a breath of fresh air. Um, Even just to hear her speak so openly and comfortably about a topic that many of us avoid was really comforting and kind of empowering for me. In the episode, we talk about her story uh, and how she became a death doula, and we discuss what that looks like on a very practical level. We talk about how facing her own mortality head-on has helped her to live a richer, more engaged, and fulfilling life. And we wrap up the episode with some thoughts about overcoming a lingering fear of hell and the unknown. Like always, we'd love so much to hear what you think of the episode, so be sure to head over to our Facebook group or our Instagram page and share your thoughts, or just connect with other people who are on a similar journey. If you'd like to help us out, please share this episode on your socials, or maybe with a friend or a family member. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, or head over to our Patreon, where you can find some extra episodes, uh, downloadable meditations, and more. With that, let's get into the episode, and I hope you enjoy. All right. Well, hi, Caroline. Thanks for coming on. Hi. Thanks. Thanks. It's, yeah. it's great to be here. Definitely. Um, so before we we get into the episode, I kind of wanted to give the listeners a little bit of context on how we know each other. Um, and so we met back <laughs> yeah. in, in 2010, and a lot has changed since then. We met back in 2010 when you and Jaden shot our engagement and wedding photos. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this was back in Wisconsin in Milwaukee, or you were you guys were living there. Yep. Back then too, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we, we met then and Katie and I actually got so inspired by you and the way that you photographed and your energy and the way you thought about the world and the conversations we had on our engagement shoot that we became wedding photographers, like because of you guys. And through that, we ended up getting into fashion photography and we ended up moving to Portland and I ended up quitting my job as a freelancer and then took us to New York and all this stuff. And so all that being said, I just want to say us meeting you back then actually had a really significant impact on like the trajectory of our life. And I, I feel really, really grateful for, for the connection that we made five years ago or 10 years ago. Yeah. yeah. So thanks. Wow. Thanks. Oh my gosh. Wow. 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 I'm, I'm speechless. Um, I mean, I loved meeting you guys back then and I, we had so much fun, um, traipsing around taking photos yeah. and, um, and it's been, I've been so inspired watching your, your glow up. Um, and I had no idea that, that, you know, I had a part in it. So thank you yeah. for saying that, that, that means a lot. And, um, yeah, cheers to your next chapter of whatever your adventure is, wherever you end up. Um, I've loved seeing you like ping around the world and create just stunning stuff. And it's, it's been so rad. So I feel very tickled and in my heart that there's a little bit of connection there because of, yeah, uh, inspiration here. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah, we've we've really enjoyed seeing what you guys are up to and always doing all kinds of different stuff. Um, so yeah, the feeling's mutual for sure. I'm glad that we could connect today and connect on here and talk about death, which is something that 
we've obviously never spoken about before, but I'm really excited to get into it because it's something I happen to think about quite a bit. Mm. Um, so uh, to kind of start things off, I'd be curious to hear how you went from doing wedding photography to now you're a death doula. I'm sure there's yeah. a, a long journey in there, but like a brief overview would be great. Yeah. Um, well, the, the brief overview probably goes something like, um, I love real, real moments in life. Like that's partly why I loved, um, being a wedding photographer for so many years was just mm -hmm. like being allowed into the real stuff. Cause to me, so much of our life and the society that we live in is just kind of this like facade and we play these games and we leave, we live out these roles and then you get to be present for something like someone's wedding. And you're like, Oh, this is, this is one of the moments where they're really themselves and this, like yeah. they're really alive. They're really, they're, they're surrounded by the people that love them by their friends and family, they're celebrating. Um, so I guess you could maybe say that I'm a little bit of a voyeur in that way. Like I just mm -hmm. love, I love getting to watch human behavior in really personal and beautiful ways. And also I just love being a safe space for people in their really intense moments. Cause a lot of times, um, let's say, you know, drawing parallels between weddings and death, like a lot of times people are like, I've never done this before. What do I do? Like the number of times that I would yeah. photograph a wedding and a couple would go up to cut their cake and they would look at me and they would go, what do we do? <laughs> like that just, it's like you, it's like we're all just expected to know how to do this thing. And right. yet no, like, you know, and that's the same thing with death. It's like, and, it's, and you know, just a little side note, I've never died before that I know of, <laughs> at least in this body, we'll just give that little side note in this body. Taste. I haven't yeah. died. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and so unless we're talking about like ego death with psychedelics, that's a different thing. But, um, mm -hmm. <laughs> but anyway, what, um, when it comes to someone dying, you know, a lot of times it's like, what's happening, what's happening to my body. Like, what do I do? How, like, how do I make sure that the people that I love are going to be okay? How do I plan my funeral? All these questions, yeah. which are so important and so valid to ask, but we don't as a society, it's not like, you know, in 12th grade, when we're a senior in high school, we take death ed and learn how to like die well, which yeah. I think, I think we should. Dang. Anyway, yeah. do you want me to keep going on just like my actual literal, how I got from there, you know, there, yeah. there? Yeah. Want, okay. I'm loving this. Okay. Yeah. Keep going. Okay. Okay, cool. So basically I love like the, the real stuff, like just cut the bullshit. Let's talk about what's actually happening. And so one day, um, I realized that, you know, talk about like born again, again stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm one of six kids. And I had this thought of like, God forbid, if something happens to one of us, like right now, without having any planning of any kind, my siblings and my parents have such a range of beliefs at this point in our mm -hmm. life. Like we are all over from like Trump supporters to like far left, like all, all like huge yeah. spectrum within the, the, these like eight people. And I was like, Oh my God, if something happened to one of us, we would just fight nonstop about what to do about it. Yeah. Like we would not, not no one would be like, here's what we should do. This is the kind of funeral she would have wanted. This is what, you know, we would just be like, fighting from our own belief systems, not knowing what that person would have wanted. So I found out um, that there was, there's something called an advanced directive, which is a document that you fill out and you can fill it out in pencil and you can keep changing it as you get older. 
but basically it's like your wishes written down. And, um, when I heard about that, I was like, my siblings have to do this. So I texted them group text. Um, Hey guys, when we're all together this summer, how would you feel about filling out our advanced directives? Here's what they are. And I like pitched it in a group text. And then at the end of the text, I think I said something like after we're done, we can have old fashions and watch Mr. Rogers reruns. Like I was like trying to like make it like lighthearted. <laughs> like a fun thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like at the end, I'm like, oh, they're going to be like, she's, she's gotten too weird now. But then I was yeah. like, oh, we'll make it fun. <laughs> so um, they were like, yeah, we're down. That's weird, but we're down. So we did it and it was amazing. And then I just started thinking more and more about it. I started being like, wow, that's really cool. Then this death doula that I knew in LA um, started doing a course where she would um, teach other death doulas. And I told my, I told my mom, she should do it. I'm like, mom, this is so cool. You should do this. So my yeah. mom took a death doula course before I did, oh, because weird. I was like shoving her into this. I'm like, this is really <laughs> cool. You should do this. So she did it. And she was like, wow, that was amazing. And then, um, and then a little bit more time went by. And then I had a podcast for a year. Um, and I had the death duel on for one episode and we talked about everything. It was like everything that people don't know and should know everything that she's seen and experienced. And I just asked her everything. And by the end I was just like, okay, I, th I think I'm going to do this now. Yeah. <laughs> like I was Dang. just so, so inspired. So, yeah, so that's kind of my path in. And then I, I took the training with her. Um, and I've been, you know, you know, part of that is doing like hospice volunteering, getting to know, just like being around end of life stuff. Um, people who are dying bodies who are dying. Um, mm -hmm. and, and so it's been a couple of years now too, and I love it more than anything. And the thing that is most on my radar for what I'm most passionate about is education for people who aren't dying yet. Like sure. you and me that we would know, what is important, what is important to know about your rights, your body. Um, and also like, how do you live really, really well? Cause you're going to die. Right. Yeah. Dang. That is so interesting. So like <laughs> on, on like a super practical level, what is it, what does it mean to be a death doula? I just, I have like, I have no clue. I actually, I haven't yeah. even heard of the term until I'd only heard of doulas in terms of birth, right? Birth, like birth doula. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I saw on your profile, it said death doula. And I was like, okay, this, this sounds interesting. So yeah. Well, yep. what does that mean? Yep. Well, it's basically, um, someone who can't in the same way that like a birth doula, you know, if someone gets pregnant and they're like, I've never been pregnant before and I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. You're working with someone who knows the ropes in the sense that we can say, um, we can act as the in-between between you and like, let's say if someone is actually really, really sick and they're either mm -hmm. in the hospital or they're in hospice or whatever they are, we can be the go-between um, to communicate between the doctors and the patient so that it's not um, like every time the shift changes, they have to re-communicate with the doctors. Okay. We can advocate for them what they want and need. Um, we also can do everything from get them connected to the right um house organizer, if they want to go through all their stuff and get rid of things, or if they want to get connected to a lawyer to, um, make sure that their will is in order. Like we can, we basically have like the grand checklist of here's the stuff that you need to be thinking about. Um, everything from kids to pets to, um, you know, just, just even if it's someone like 
like, let's say right now we're like, hey, I know I'm going to die. I hope it's not for another 50 years. What should I think about? Mm-hmm. I would be like, um, I would have an advanced directive. That's, that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. So that not, not even for you necessarily, but that if something happens to you, that um, your family knows what you wanted. Yeah, your family yeah. knows. Um, so that's, it's like, it's a huge range of things that we can do. And it's different for each client. So someone might just be like, I need you to go grocery shopping for me. And I need it to be someone who isn't freaked out by the fact that I'm dying and can hold my grief. Like if you walk in my house and I'm crying and you're not going to be freaked out because you're, you are familiar with grief as a part of the human experience and you can go there with me versus like a friend who might be like also in their own experience. Um, So it's a huge, huge range of things but a lot of it is education and just being an advocate for whoever our client is. Does that okay. make sense? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, and I can see that totally being an issue. If somebody has a terminal illness or something and they know they're going to die in, in three months that I could imagine them feeling really alienated from people in their lives who like almost can't relate to them because their own fear of their own mortality is so present when you're with a person who's in that state. Um, so, I, I mean, you said you've been interested in the idea of death for a while, um, but how is, how is like working with people and, and learning more about death and helping people through this process, how has that changed your, like the way that you relate to death or has it? Mm. Well, yeah, I think um, if anything, what I have noticed and what I feel is just that, um, each, each person and what they experience is this kind of desire to have someone tell them the answer. A lot of times, you know, even if someone has had a really strong faith, let's say their Mm -hmm. whole life, and then they get towards the end of their life, it's suddenly lots of questions about what happens and what is this like? And, um, how will I know this? And and there are so many questions that we have. And um, I think one of the most beautiful things about being a death doula and being someone who isn't afraid of this space and this season of life is that um, it is just a lot about holding space for someone else to have their own experience. Yeah. Um, and it isn't me coming in and saying like, well, here's the exact book with the exact page that tells you where you're going to go after you leave your body. And here's how I know it's right. It's, it's asking them, well, what do you think? And what, what is your life experience told you? Mm-hmm. And when you've lost people, where do you think they are? And have you felt them when they left and things like that, where you're able to guide someone into having their own experience. Oh, and interesting. yeah, yeah. And I, it, to me, it feels so, it's such an honor to just get to bear witness to someone's raw, genuine experience and, and to not be coming in with the answers, air quotes, the answers, because I think you and I have both had experiences in our lives where we've been told this is what the truth, capital T truth is. And there is only one capital T truth. And this is how you will be in this moment. Um, and that's not actually helpful to anyone, especially at the end of their life. Right. Totally. So letting them have their own experience and 
doulaing them um, into that space is, is a lot of what I do. And it has given me a lot of awe um, at human emotion, which I think is also something that isn't really cared for or valued in a lot of religious spaces. It's a lot of like, mm-hmm. Oh, feelings like shove them aside. Oh, feelings. Ugh. <laughs> and that's, you know, don't, don't like make all your life decisions based on how you're feeling in the moment. But feelings are a huge part of this being in this body. Yeah. And death is really just about leaving your body. That's, that's what it is. We don't yeah. know. We don't know any of the rest of it. We don't know. We don't. Um, and I think that being a death doula is the magic of it is inviting people into the mystery. Hmm. Oh, that's amazing. That, that it's, it seems like obvious as you're saying it now, like, of course, that's the approach that should be taken with someone who's going through this, but it's funny coming into this. I think I still have a tendency to be searching for like, a new answer or like, you know, like you were saying in the past, I used to believe that there was a capital T truth. And this is what happened when you died, you know, you go to heaven or you go to hell or, you know, blah, blah, blah. There's tons of different iterations that anyone could believe. And I think coming into even this conversation, I was really curious about when you're with somebody who's nearing the end of their life, like what can you possibly do to comfort that person basically without like lying to them in a way, you know, because like you're saying, you, no matter how confident you feel about what happens after death, like you don't know, there's, there's no way you can even claim that, you know, but I think there's gotta be a temptation for like family members and for people who aren't thinking about these things to just kind of say whatever would make that person feel better, you know, to kind of help uh, assuage some of the doubts, you know, or some of the fears of going into the unknown, basically. But I really mm-hmm. like how what you said you're, that you you kind of feel like your role is basically to help people to have their own experience and to like kind of turn inward and bring out that inner wisdom and that inner source of of knowledge that is probably really the only thing that's going to ever be truly satisfying for them anyways. Um, yeah, so mm-hmm. I really, really like that. Mm. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. I like that you're surprised that that's what I, that's the answer that I'm giving. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's not a surprise as much as it's like, oh man, of course, of course that's what mm. the answer is, you know, but I, mm-hmm. I like I said, I, I do continually catch myself wanting to find another neat little answer. Like, okay, if, if heaven and hell isn't like the neat box that kind of answers all the questions of death, then like, what is the neat box that answers the questions? And the more I'm realizing, I mean, this applies to tons of topics, but like, life is such a mystery. And I feel like coming to terms with the mystery of life and the mystery of death and like being able to hold that and live in the mystery of that kind of is like the game of life, you know? Um, And so, yeah, I keep trying to catch myself from looking for those little tidy answers to things that don't have tidy answers, you know? Mm -hmm. Yes. I love it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. uh, A couple of years, not a couple of years ago, let's say, a year and a half ago, one mm-hmm. of my, one of my um, good friends and I were talking and they said something about, you know, life is, life is messy. Like it, mm-hmm. it is, life is messy. And I think coming from um, maybe it's where we grew up, maybe it's the Midwest, maybe it's, you know, Christianity. I don't know. There's, there's mm-hmm. a million labels that you could put on why, but sure. I think there is, um, there is kind of a shying away from the mess where it's just like, oh maybe if we just 
pivot this way, we can make ourselves look a little bit better, or maybe we can avoid that pain or we can, um, you know, not, not be honest about what a hot mess this season of life is. <laughs> and, um, and so I think that it's really beautiful to have relationships, including the relationship with yourself, where you give yourself permission to get messy. Yeah. Um, and to be like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know yeah. the answer. And what does it feel like to sit in the unknown? What does it feel like in my body to just sit here and be like, I don't know. Is it yeah. scary? Like, do I, do I feel like contractions all through my body? Do I hold my breath and stop breathing? Like noticing that is so juicy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's definitely not something that I was raised to do. And it's definitely not something that I know a lot of people who do. <laughs> one, yeah. of my, one of my best friends the other day was, I was talking about something to do with death and how I see the world and very, very, very sincerely and totally straight face. She wasn't, it wasn't a joke. She looked at me and she was just like, yeah, not a lot of people think like that. And she kind of <laughs> made this like circle around my face, like kind of just like gesturing towards me. And she was like, not a lot of people think like that. And I was just like, I laughed so hard because I was like, yeah, that's, that's true. Like that's I, true. all yeah. I do is think about death and like being <laughs> in my body while I'm here and all this weird stuff. But yeah, it's, to me, it's like, it's messy. And how beautiful is it to, to like have the kind of relationships where it lets even say with you and your partner and your friends, where you can be that kind of friend where you hold space for them. And you're like, what's that about? And then yeah. you just listen and you don't fucking give them the, Oh, can I swear on this? Yeah, totally. Okay. Okay. I'm just We're trying. grown up now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Good, good, good. Um, where, where you can, you know, not give them the answer, but just sit in that mystery with someone. It's like, wow, that's the juice right there. Yeah, totally. That, that kind of stuff does feel like that is like real life stuff right there, you know? And in the past, some things that I felt like, oh, we're like really getting into the nitty gritty now. Like we're talking about whatever our sin and our salvation and blah, blah, blah. Like now I'm like, that stuff is so surface level and like just is just scratching <laughs> the surface of like what actual real life is, you know? Yeah. yeah I relate to that a lot. Um, have you, do you feel like your kind of view of death has changed over the years and like what kind of, where are you at now in terms of like how you relate to death, how you think about death? Maybe like, are you afraid of it? And and that type of thing versus like a few years ago. And mm. what did that journey look like? Mm. Um, it's an interesting question. Um, I, I did a death meditation. I'll start with, am I afraid of my own death? A death meditation. Um, <laughs> yeah, I did like a death. So med- much fun. Yeah. It is. I mean, this is, this is, this is what gets me excited these days. That's right. <laughs> um, but like I, I did a death meditation and, um, it was, uh, through my death doula mentor. Um, so if anyone's interested, you can find it. Um, her website is going with grace, um, dot com, and okay. she has a death meditation. Um, and I did it, uh, like I listened to, you know, her guided meditation and went through the whole process of like basically visualizing the end of my life, what it would look like leaving my, you know, leaving my body, watching my, my body become, you know, dust again Yeah, and the whole thing. And I went way in and I was like, okay, what's going to come up? How am I going to feel? Is this going to be sad? What's going to happen? And it was so interesting to see what came up because it was not what I expected at all. Um, the dying part was like, cool, this is coming. I know this is coming. The mm-hmm. part that was that was the most surprising and brought the most sadness 
was the fact that I, it, that death is the end of my relationship with my body mm. because I've spent so much time and so much work to feel at home in my body, to have a healthy relationship with my body. Um, I think you had Jamie Lee Finch on your podcast. She's yeah. a good friend of mine. And also we, we designed a workshop together. Um, and so I've worked with her and love her deeply. And her work is all about, you know, living in your body and really like seeing your body as a separate person. Yeah. And um, I've done that and it's been so incredible. And then to realize that I don't really know what death is. I haven't done it. So I don't know what death is other than lo the logistics of death. And the logistics are, I leave my body and it's this it's her death. I yeah. don't know. I don't know about everything else, but it's her death. And I was like, Oh my God, she's going to die. Like she, this, this thing yeah. that I've worked so hard to make friends with and to start to listen to and to take care of and to not dissociate from. Um, and I, that made me like sob. Like yeah. that part was like, Oh my God, like I have to leave my body after all these years. So that was, um, that was really surprising and interesting and crazy. Um, and the rest of it, you know, doesn't really scare me. Um, who knows once it's actually happening, I've had a couple of, um, near death experiences, uh, just some dramatic ones and mm -hmm. some less. So, you know, just like car accident kind of thing, um, where, I have been like, wow, I'm, I'm very calm. Um, and maybe it's, you know, fight or flight and going into freeze. I don't know. It could be yeah. like an adrenaline thing, but I feel very calm. I live every single day um, with my relationships. Like, you know, I'm not just taking for granted that I'm going to be here tomorrow. So I like to have, um, I don't leave things unsaid and, mm -hmm. um, and, you know, for the most part, I think that's how, that's how I like to interact with my own death. Um, yeah. Yeah. What about you? Do you think about, you said you think about death a lot. Do you think yeah. about your own death? I do. I do. I totally do. And you know, there's a lot of, I feel like mainly it's a lot of questions and a lot of unknown. Um, I think when I was first leaving Christianity, that was like a big a big hurdle to get over, you know, like basically the fear of hell was, was major. And so I will say that like three years ago, kind of when everything started to really unravel that I thought about death a lot, but like, it was really debilitating because I'm like, Oh my God, Oh my God. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. What if hell's real? What if I'm going to suffer forever? This is really bad. And it, it felt like that preoccupation with death from that perspective was really limiting it was like limiting my expression of life, mm. you know, it was making me feel fear and, and all of that. And so through, I mean, over the next few years from that and kind of growing away from the church and growing away from the authority of scripture and this and that, I, I do feel like a, a comfortability with death kind of slowly increased when I finally came to the conclusion that like, you know what, this, this hell myth seems so silly. I just, I can't buy into it. I, sh I shouldn't put any weight into it anymore because it's it's just a story you know and so from that point now it, it feels i feel more curious about it than anything really you know and i think i relate to what you're saying how at this point i've it's hard to talk about 
this stuff in like concrete terms and words because it's also ethereal and unknown and complex. But like the idea that I, whatever I means, am living in this body and this is the body I have for now, but that I am not necessarily the same as my body or that there's, you know, there is some duality almost to my experience that gives me a certain sense of comfort and almost an excitement. Not like I'm like, yes, I can't wait to die, but like some excitement of like, we don't know what happens when we die. And maybe there is a chance that like, it's literally just this body dying and there is something else, or maybe there's reincarnation and how exciting would that be? Or, or maybe, you know, there's, there's so many different ideas and theories and ways we could try to explain this away. But I, I, I feel like a little bit excited about the possibility of like the next life, you know, no matter what that means. And even, even the fact that, you know, we die and our bodies will decompose and go into the earth. And because of that, like new life can spring up out of that. There's something so beautiful and meaningful to me about that, that gives me some sense of comfort as well. Um, like I said, again, I, I'm not like, it's not like I'm looking forward to dying, but I also, I feel like so much less fearful than I did of it a few years ago. And there's parts of it that do, that do seem really, um, just, it's like interesting. And it's, it's like a weird magical process that none of us understand. And none of us can talk about with any kind of authority because you can't like go through it and then come back and talk about it. So yeah, exactly. it's, a, it's a curiosity for sure. Mm, mm, I love, I love that you said that. Um, and I love, I love what you said. Yeah. There's, there's so much juice there. And, um, it, it's interesting to me that you said that you leaving Christianity has actually given you more excitement and more peace around death because that's not actually like what we would have been taught. Like it right. was almost like death is really scary and bad. And here's the answer of how it's not scary and bad. Yeah. Um, whereas you're, I'm, what I'm hearing you say, and you can tell me if I'm off, what I'm hearing you say is that you've actually been less afraid um, of death now that you're on a path of not just be, believing that you're going to go to heaven because you prayed a certain prayer when you were seven years old. Yeah, definitely. And I, think I don't know probably, if you were seven. I made that up. <laughs> I think I was eight. So it was pretty oh, close. Oh, sorry, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> pretty close. Um, but yeah, I, I think that there were times when I was a Christian when I was like super committed and I felt like, you know, I'm like, I'm really vibing with God right now. I'm like doing everything right. I'm whatever, where I would have said to people, you know what? I don't fear death at all because I know I like, I know what's waiting for me. I know I get to go and be with God forever. And like, who could want anything better than that? And in a way I probably would have said like, I'm kind of looking forward to the next life because like, this is just temporary. And like, you know, I don't, this is just a stopping over place. The world isn't my home. Like my real home is coming later. So I think there was some, there was some sense of that, but like, if I'm being truly deeply honest, like at this point, if I'm being truly honest about where I was back then, like there was always a little bit of doubt of like, I, I'm pretty sure I'm doing this right. Like I'm pretty sure that I, I did enough to like make, to pass the grade, you know, to get into heaven. But there was always a sliver of doubt of like, what if I might've done something wrong and then instead I'm going to be tortured forever. So I think that's the reason that kind of stepping, stepping away from all of that and sort of seeing the absurdity in, in that way of thinking has let me be a little bit more neutral about it. You know, I, I think about like, I, I don't know what was going on before I was born, 
And it seems reasonable to expect that after I die, things will be pretty similar to they were before I was born. And like, that didn't seem scary. So at least, you know, at least that seems okay. It doesn't seem like mm. something to be terrified about at least. Mm. Yeah. A couple of things that, um, that you said stood out to me. One is a lot of death is actually less about the person doing the dying and it's more about the people who are left yeah. and the people who are left and what, how they feel, how they grieve, how they process, how they cope. Mm. And so it makes sense to me that this species that we are is trying to survive and come up with a story of how to cope and how to not go insane with not knowing. Totally, um, yeah. And yet, you know, I've like been all over the world and all over the, all over the world, all different religions, all different cultures have all different answers of mm -hmm. what happens. And I, I love that. Like I'm obsessed. Mm -hmm. I'm like, make your stories and hold <laughs> on to them. Like do yeah. it. Yes. If that's what gives you meaning and purpose. And if that's what makes you feel belonging, do it. However, side note, don't do it. If that keeps you from living now, like what you said yeah. that, Oh, heaven's going to be better than this. So I'm just like biding my time and almost like gritting my teeth, just getting through this miserable shithole that we're in yeah. until we go somewhere amazing. And then that's when I'm going to be really living. And I'm just like, no, 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 don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. This is not a miserable shithole. Even if you are a Christian, this was created by God. It's beautiful. There's magic. There's also pain. It's a part of the experience. Yeah. Also, Death is around you all the time. And the more that you can let yourself see it and get comfortable with it, the more that it's just part of the inhale, exhale. It's trees dying. It's, it's your pet dies. Your car dies. You have friendships that die. You have marriages that die. Stuff dies. But instead of just being like, I'm not going to look at it. I'm not going to notice that that's happening. I'm just going to you know, keep focusing on only the good stuff and doing like spiritual bypassing or like, like you said, more like, I'm just going to get through this because this sucks so bad. And I can't wait till the next thing that's going to be really good. And I'm like, how do you know? And yeah. Like, because, you know, um, it's <laughs> like, how can, <laughs> well, you know, and so, well, you know, but I think for, for me, what doing death work has meant is just that I love my life that much more. Yeah. That I'm so fully, embodied present choosing every single you know relationship that i have every job that i take and really being in it and being with it because i don't know i don't know how long i'm going to be here i i'm only 34 but who knows how long yeah. i'll be here i could die in a year i could die in a day i don't know and also i don't know no no what's next so i want to it makes me want to be fully here it makes me want to be in this body, be in this relationship. It means that, you know, the people that I hang out with, it means we're not like on our phones when we hang out because why would you be? That's not like, you can go home and be alone and be on your phone. If you want to do that, if you want to actually be in the mystery and the magic of this experience, like be in it yeah. and feel it and like, feel it all. Like sometimes that means like ugly crying with your friends because Life is really hard and there is intense grief all around all the time. And when someone dies, 
absolutely grieve them. I think that's the other thing in a lot of faith contexts. When someone dies, you just kind of go, it's okay, you'll see them again. And it's yeah. like bypassing the fact that grief is so fucking real. Can you feel the grief and let yourself be in it? Cause it's messy. And going back to that life yeah. is messy yeah. and just like get in it. I feel like that, that's so good. You touched on so many things that I've been even thinking about recently, but just the idea that it seems, it seems to me that the more I like allow my, or like, allow myself to turn and face the things that are seemingly the hardest or like the ugliest or the things that I don't want to look at the more and more rich my experience of my own life is. And so death seems like almost like the ultimate, you know, like the ultimate thing to turn and face because we can't escape our own mortality as as far as we know. And so, yeah, that turning towards death and seeing it for what it is. And like you said, when someone dies in your life, grieving them fully, like accepting what happened fully and grieving it and being there and being like in it and allowing yourself to be fully in it seems like such a better, almost celebration of life than like you said, kind of pushing it to the side by saying like, Oh, you know what? They're in a better place or, Oh, we'll see them later. You know, like it's just temporary or, or whatever. It feels like such a, again, like it's so shallow to not be fully in it, to not fully embrace it. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I really like how Mm -hmm. you said that. Mm, Thank you. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned some of this already, but you're saying that your kind of familiarity with death has allowed you to like really live in your life more. Do you have any more examples of like how you feel like your comfortability around death has improved your living? Mm, Um, I, one of the, the first thing that comes to mind is, um, just, just how I am comfortable with my own grief and other people's grief, um, where now it's not something to fix Mm. or to like, Oh, so-and-so is sad. Let's, let's do something to make them better. It's like, Mm -hmm. no, 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 no. Sadness is part of the human experience. Why are you making it wrong? Why are you making it something to, you know, move through, it's going to change. And going back to, um, I know I told you I did a 10 day silent meditation, uh, last month, last month. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Time. It's weird. (laughs) Um, but I did one last month. And one of the concepts in the Vipassana is, um, is this word anicca, which means change or impermanence. Um, and the idea is that, you know, even when you're meditating, if you're sitting, and notice a sensation in your body. If you sit with that, that sensation for more than, you know, a couple of seconds, you will notice it change, whether it's like a tickle on your nose or an, or a cramp in your knee or whatever, it could be something big or small, but if you sit and notice it for very long, it changes and everything changes. Mm-hmm. It's changing, changing, changing all the time. Never, never, never stopping. Whether it's the cells in your body, whether it's, you know, everything around you, all living things changing all the time. And can, can that just be part of something that I accept and see and not something that I'm um, wanting to fix my friends who are going through a hard time or not like shying away from people who are in a season of grief where I'm just like, Oh, they're not that fun. I'm going to go hang out with someone who's like blissed out right now. Cause mm-hmm. that's better. It's like, the whole spectrum is happening at the whole, all, all the time. You've got a friend who's in falling in love for the first time and like 
kind of annoying. They're so blissed out. And then you've got a friend who's like in the deepest grief and they're both happening at the same time. Yeah. And so doing death work has just expanded my capacity for my own capabilities in my own human experience, but also just the way that I bear witness to others in their experiences and the way that I, um, don't make anyone wrong for their experience. Like if someone tells me like, Oh, I'm really angry about this. Or, you know, right now this is like the end of the Trump presidency in the last Mm -hmm. few hours. And this really beautiful man that I know that I, I really respect and think of him as someone really great. And the other day he told me, I really hate Trump. I actually hate him. I have hatred for him. And I wanted to be like, Oh my God, what is wrong with you? Like that's not the way. But then I just was like, okay, interesting. And asking some questions about it and, you know, listening rather than being like, Oh, you're wrong. So now I'm going to make shut you out because you hate someone like that's not actually making the situation any better at all. So I think just noticing my own judgments and my own, um, my own ways of trying to feel safe in the world by controlling things, by controlling labels, um, all of that stuff has changed a lot since doing oh, this work. Amazing. Yeah, that's beautiful. It, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like it's kind of, you're like continually returning to that place where you're stopping and like softening and opening up and like trying to view view other people, view their problems from this open, like compassionate perspective, as opposed to like your narrow channel of this is how I'm in the world and this is how everyone should be in the world. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, (laughs) I think that it's been so freeing for me because I was probably the most judgmental person you've ever met in your life. And I also wasn't incredibly soft either. And not that Uh I am now, mercy, not that I am, (laughs) let's be honest. But it has been very softening. um, And it is is really a really beautiful healing path to be able to hold space for others because what I actually realized was so much of my judgment was because I didn't feel safe. So much of my judgment of other people was because I was judging myself or I was feeling insecure in something. And so seeing something in someone else would just trigger something in me. Totally. And being able to do that healing work with my, with myself and just like release other people to just be them. Um, and that's, and I'm not saying it in like a dissociative hands off woo woo way where I'm like, let's all run and be Buddhists. And you know, <laughs> there, there is no pain and suffering in the world. That's not what I'm saying at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I am saying is it's been very beautiful and very freeing to let other people have their own experience and to not need to be the one to fix them. Yeah. Cool. That is great. I think it's really interesting how it, you know, in my mind, death is almost like this solid rock, like this solid fact of existence that, you know, we can't argue against, we can't really do anything about. And it's interesting that I'm hearing you say, the more you approach that, the more you kind of get comfortable and familiar with that, the more it's allowing you to kind of live in the mystery of life and accept people's way of being in the world and, and discover your own ways of being in the world. And like I was saying, like kind of approach things more softly and openly and, and with an acceptance of mystery. I think that's a really interesting dynamic, you know, because I, 
death is typically like this solid black and white, like you die, you die, you know, <laughs> but it's interesting how it's kind of caused you to open and, and be aware of the mystery and stuff. That's great. It's cool. Thank you. Um, so one last thing before we, uh, before we wrap up here, I was, I'm, I'm not sure if you'll have any advice for people like this or not, but so I was, as we've done this podcast, we've had a lot of people reaching out who are kind of going through a loss of faith or a big change in faith at least, and who find themselves really preoccupied with death, but kind of in that initial phase that I was mentioning to you, where they have this strong fear of hell, or at least a really strong fear of the unknown. And I was wondering if you have any pointers or guidance or, or any directions to point people in on where they can kind of come to terms with death in a way that it's not debilitating uh, in their life. Mm. Um, yeah, that's a great question. I think, um, I think that there will be seasons of it, uh, mm -hmm. of, of being with death. I think, you know, like right now I would say, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm chill with it. But if all of a sudden you said, okay, it, it's 10 years from now, you now have like two small children. How do you feel about death? I'd be like, Oh my gosh, maybe I feel totally different. Yeah, like it's, yeah. it's changes all the time. Maybe I would suddenly be like, no, I I'm not okay with this. This isn't okay. I don't know. So I think, um, it changes all the time and going back to like Anitja. Um, mm -hmm. and so to be with like my air quotes advice, um, cause I, I don't really, if I, if, this was a person that I was talking to, I would have questions for them more than I would yeah. have advice to give them. Sure. But since people are listening to you and me talk mm -hmm. and they can't be sitting here with us, what I would say is um, be with, be with yourself in it. Like journal, what is, where, where are you feeling this? What are the things that you're feeling? Where are you feeling them in your body? Um, can you really identify and pinpoint like, is it like a fear in your chest? Is it like a, a weight? Is it a, um, a headache? Like what is the sensation that you experience and can you name it with an emotion and then really be with that with like some tenderness and some, like, even just like being with it, maybe, maybe you're with it for days, weeks. I don't know. Um, but really being able to fully engage with your own experience rather than just being like, I'm terrified of death and I want to, yeah. and my brain wants to know what happens next. And like your brain is one part of death, but there's your body is going to have your body's own experience. If you believe in a soul, your soul is having your soul's own experience. Mm -hmm. All the parts of you are going to have their own experience. So rather than just letting your mind run down a path of, I have to understand this. I have to have a box to put around this so that I can feel in control. And it feels really scary to release the, the grasp that I have on this box of control. Um, yeah, it's scary. So let yourself be scared. Let yeah. yourself, and if it, if it doesn't serve you to let it go, don't, you don't have to. Um, yeah. And doing the death meditation would also be another thing that I would just recommend to say that um, it's another way to just see what comes up for you mm -hmm. in a space like that to just see the things that all of a sudden you might be like, Oh, wow, there's this relationship that I really want to go heal that I didn't realize really mattered to me or, um, Oh, wow. I really want to make sure that I'm an organ donor because I'm not, you know, like whatever might yeah. come up for someone, it might be different for every single person who does it. Not, it might be, it will be different <laughs> for every single person who does it. And so, um, 
doing the death meditation is another thing to just another tool to just support you in what's there, like what's really there and how can you know yourself and your own truth in this human experience. Awesome. Yeah. That, I think that's really helpful. And, uh, and honestly, the, like kind of the embodiment practice you're talking about where you kind of stop and really get to the root of like, okay, where am I feeling this in my body and naming your emotions and stuff like that. I feel like that is such a good like practice and habit to get into just in general with like any feelings that you can't really place in your life. But of course, you know, death being a really strong one for a lot of people, that seems like a great place to start. So yeah. Mm. Thanks for sharing all that. Yeah, of course. Well, so before we go, I, I just wanted to give you a chance to tell everybody who's listening um, kind of how they could connect with you, where they could find you, um, maybe what you're up to right now. Yeah. Uh, well, let's see. I'm in the middle of working on my death website. So right now you can just, the best thing to do is find me on Instagram. Uh, and I'm also thinking about changing my handle, but right now it's team Woodnote, um, which is T E A M W O O D N O T E. Um, I am, I just got on, are you on clubhouse? No, but I, our friends are all talking about it. I'm like, oh, yes. another app. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. And it's like blowing up all day too. Um, but I just got on clubhouse and I use the handle Caroline is dying which I might just go ahead and change my, I might change my Instagram account to Caroline is dying, but I feel like a lot of people would be like, what, what are you, what? Did you get hacked? Like, are you okay? I know, know, but I'm like, Hey, it's the truth. Like I'm dying. You're dying. Let's just be honest about it. And then we can start from there. (laughs) Cool. That's great. I'll put links to all that stuff in the show notes. So if anything changes before the episode's out, it'll be all be updated on there. Um, yeah, this was great. I I really, really appreciate your time. I love talking about this stuff and it's awesome that we can, I'm just really happy that you were willing to come on and talk about a subject like death, which is kind of hard to talk about for a lot of people. So yeah, thanks again. Um, I really, really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, definitely.